Hi, this is Bill Crystal. This podcast is only one hour, but it sure feels like a hundred days. Where are we going? Young Kirk. I'm not going back. There's no hiding from this son. We have a job to do. Touch someone, I can feel their feelings. You feel love. Yeah, I guess, yeah, I feel a general unselfish love for just about everybody. No, sexual love. No, no, I don't. For her. No. <laughs> she just told everyone your deepest, darkest secret. Dude, come on, I think you're overreacting a little bit. You must be so embarrassed. <laughs> do me, do me, do me. Hello and welcome back to The Substandard. I'm Victor Manis along with Jonathan V. Last and Sonny Bunch. I'd like to remind you that The Substandard is available on iTunes and Google Play. Just look under podcasts and search for Substandard. You'll easily find us. Please subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. In addition, we'd also like to remind you that Substandard show notes posted by Jonathan Last are available every Friday at 11 a.m. at weeklystandard.com. We reached uh, a couple milestones. Uh, the first is 25 full episodes. Wow. That's about the length of this a This episode has the show. lenticular cover, or is it the chromium cover? I can't remember. <laughs> well, Which the, is the, the chromium anniversary? Is the B cover and the C cover is the chromium. Oh, okay. I mean, for 25, you've got to have multiple right. variants. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> Again, I can't wait for the Criterion collection of the substandard. I hope, I just, all I can, I just hope Jim Lee does the, the chromium variant, because that's my favorite. My favorite cover and my favorite artist. And the reviews keep on coming. By the time you listen to the show, we'll have broken past 200 rated reviews. Fingers crossed. So, this week's nominees. JVL. Why would I nickname a review? That's, that's his ID. He says that if you close your eyes while listening to this podcast, you might think you're listening to the three Bills. Buckley, Bennett, and Crystal. Did I say eyes? I meant ears. If you close your ears, that's, that's a fantastic uh, review. That's a good review. Really good review. Five so, stars, of course. Yes. Five. Sure, that's sure. You, look, you don't even get considered if you give us less <laughs> yeah. than five stars. Yeah, exactly. I'm sorry. It's yeah. an unwritten rule. Sonny. Uh, mine is a five-star review from uh, Michael underscore Grayson, uh, which is titled, Sonny Bunch is literally never wrong. Sonny Bunch literally never wrong. Uh I'm truly sorry that such a genius like Sonny has to indulge the garbage opinions of JVL and Vic. Don't get me wrong, those gents are perfectly enjoyable, but they're usually wrong. Example, anyone who claims that a Fast and Furious movie is good is someone who holds a wrong opinion. No one denies this. It's a good review. It's a good review from Mr. Grayson. Your people really came out of the woodwork for that one. Well, you know, yeah. I, I got I got I got a whole coterie. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I know. got a whole coterie of uh, do you acolytes. Are, do, you, do they get like text alerts from you? I'm not going to divulge how I gin up the Organize. amazing amounts of praise that I get. It's all organic. Sunday Bunch, organizing for action. My favorite five-star review this week is by Neptune King of the Sea, who calls us, quote, an excellent listen and compares us to the three girls from Little House on the Prairie. JVL is Mary, I'm Laura, and Sunny is Carrie, quote, tripping through the meadow. Thanks, Neptune. I, I, although I always wanted to be Merlin Olsen in I that. <laughs> 
I don't know. Thank you. I don't know. I don't know what that means. It, I don't understand. It, it, this, it, that yes. reference is not relevant to my Yeah, this is way before Sunday Bunch's <laughs> time. It happened before the 90s. Uh, okay. <laughs> Uh, well, uh, do we, uh, who is our winner this I vote, week? I vote for me. Uh, yeah, well, then in God. that case, I'll vote for the uh, three Bs. <laughs> I vote for Sonny. Yes! Oh, that's a great up. That's a great yes. review. That's a fantastic review. And you know what? Out of principle. Kind of correct. Uh, all right. Um, uh, Mr. Mr. Grayson, I'm going to have to ask you to uh, ping me on Twitter. I'll find you. I'll find you. Uh, and uh, I, Wait, you no, are you going to choose the gift? You'll this, have a fantastic prize. Yes, I have a fantastic prize to send. Wow, it's going to be a good prize. People are people are going to like it. All right, Grayson, one of many of uh, Sonny Bunch's aliases. <laughs> now, uh, now, of course, it has all been great. How dare you? Yes, one concerned listener was rather disappointed with our Michael Caine episode because he was actually expecting to hear Michael Caine in our studio. So we at the Substandard, we feel very badly uh, for anyone who was misled uh, by that. Uh, and uh, so, to make it up to those listeners, we've got a very special treat for you. Wait, what? What's going on? Oh, wait. You don't know about this, Sonny? Hold on. JVL? You didn't oh, I'm say in anything? on it. I'm oh, in on the joke, huge. but I this kept it to huge. myself. You didn't see all the commotion going on outside in the office? Uh, well, I was wondering why I was led in here with a bag on my head. Yes. Well, now you know. Uh, we don't normally have guests on the show, but today we just had to make this one exception. Right here in the studio, the substandard is thrilled to have with us the one and only Sir Michael Caine. What? Yes. Here he is. We are honored that he can join us in the studio. So please welcome Sir Michael Caine. Wow. God, I wish we had a video cast. I know. Hello, boys. Oh, my God. Hi, Mr. Caine. Hi there. How are you? How are you doing? Oh, excellent. Re- really, I'm, I'm so happy to be here because, you know, I don't normally do podcasts, but I'm, I made an exception. I, I, you know, I, I've spent my whole career, you know, in movies, going around the world, and, and I thought I wanted to end it by being in a windowless podcast studio <laughs> in, in America. You know, it's, it's, it's wonderful. What's your best movie? <laughs> Well, it's interesting you you brought that up. Sonny, I, I, I did listen to the Michael Caine episode, the, the one you did uh, on me in my career, and I appreciate the fact that you understand that the the end part of my career, you know, the last 30 years or so have have really been sort of a um, a high point to me. To, you know, all those movies I've done, The Cider House Rules, uh, The Prestige, uh, the Christopher Nolan Batman films, some of my, some of my favorites. JBL, he's Alfred. He's, what's it like to be Alfred? It's it, it was it was it's amazing. You know, it's incredible. You, you it, it's it's well. Uh, he, here's the point I'm saying. You learn so much in your career, doing all those movies. You know, like the Batman movies, uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, one of my oh, favorites yeah, uh, that I did. You know, but there's challenges too that come for doing these movies, even late in your career. You know, like Batman, like the Muppet movies, uh, where you're working opposite. You know. In some situations, working opposite a lifeless, inanimate object, and there's a lot of challenges in that. So, but I liked working with Katie Holmes. It was it was a good, <laughs> it was a good experience. Oh, even so in, Michael, oh. I, I'm serious. I say. JBL, what what's your favorite Michael Caine? Sir, Sir Michael, I was wondering, could you tell us what what's your favorite fruit? Well, I like uh, I like tangerines. They're, they're, they're sort of the way you can sort of open them up and uh, and take out the little the little segments. Do you like smaller tangerines or larger tangerines? I like the big ones, you know, big 
tangerine, you know, something like what you might see in a, uh, in a jungle in Burma. JVL, your questions are weird. We need to ask him better questions. Who, who's, who's the best director that you well, worked with? Uh, Christopher Nolan, of, of course. He's, he's, got, he's sort of a visionary. Um, you know, I like Frank Oz. You know, I worked with him in the Muppet movies and also Dirty Rotten Scoundrels. Um, uh, I tell you, the, the, the one director I've never worked with but I, I really would love to to to, to work with is uh, is Martin Scorsese. You know, I've never had the opportunity to it's true. It's good. to work with a real it's visionary good. of a of a director. But, Sir Sir Michael, yeah. When you think back on your career in its majesty, do you ever get choked up at all? I or do you ever get excited? I, I get very loud, you know, when I when I talk about I get very loud indeed, you know, but it's <laughs> but uh, it, no, and sometimes, you know, you think about some of those early films and and, and, and you get back into that character, you know, because I'm a method actor. Of course, I, I think back and I get very emotional, get, get very emotional indeed. So it's 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 really hard to sort of. Uh, think about you know those those early films. Uh, uh, Alfie, of course, a very emotional film. Sort of uh, really went through the uh, went went through the ring on that one. Wow. Uh, uh, sorry, one, one last question oh. from me, Sir Michael. When you came into a studio with a young lady. I noticed uh, how how old was she? She was only sixteen. I, I, no, it's Vic. It, calm down there, Vic. It's it's just a line from a movie. You know, it's not actually wow. the All case right. that we we were only. We, I was I was given a note that said we only have five minutes. So I thought I spent five minutes longer than I wanted. You have to. You have to go now. Bye. I appreciate the opportunity. Bye, Michael Caine. Thank you. Thank you. Bye, Sir Michael. That was, guys. This is the best episode that we've ever done, and I just wanted to thank you for keeping that a big secret for me. I am so happy right now. This is great. It doesn't get any better than that, Sonny, does it? No. No, that was. Yeah. I'm actually really. I'm I, frankly. I I know we have a rule against having guests here, but I think I'm glad that we made an exception for for Michael Caine. Yes, yes. That was you should a, hear Michael Caine's impression of uh, Robert De Niro, and Al Pacino. He's really good at that too. Maybe we can get Robert and uh, and uh, oh, yeah. and Al in the studio. Oh yeah, yeah. When they could they could do it together. And he could do back and forth with himself. Uh, so as you know, uh, Sir Michael Caine, who's uh, I think he's already getting started drinking outside there. He's uh, yes, that's good. Um, he he did a uh, a movie not too long ago that uh, we talked about here. Of course, I can't remember it anymore. Uh, but there are some big movies as we know that are coming out this summer. And why not do a summer preview? Summer preview. So uh, it technically begins when? So when? When or JVL? When does the summer officially kick off? Next week or two weeks from now? Next weekend. So not this weekend, but next. I think Guardians of the Galaxy. We would say begins, and it used to be the Memorial Day was the launch of the of the season, but that's not that's not the way it is anymore. It keeps. Bumping up and bumping up and bumping up. The earliest we've ever had it was, I think, Lost in Space, the oh. Joey Tribbiani yes. vehicle. And Lacey Chabert. And Lacey Chabert and Heather Graham. Ooh. Oh, and, and uh, Gary Oldman, was he in that? I think he was. Oh, and man. that opened in, like, early April, and they, they realized it was just too 
too early. People aren't ready for summer movies yet. <laughs> they might not have been ever ready for Lost <laughs> not in for Space. That. Uh, so uh, I guess so. Uh, Gardens of Galaxy will kick yeah. things off. Well, it is, and, and you do you do occasionally get like summer movie creep, right? Like Three Hundred came out in March, I think, either the end of February or the beginning of March, which is the same month that Watchmen came out. Like, there's this idea that you can kind of throw a uh, a big action or comic book movie earlier in the in the, the calendar which is what they tried to do with uh fast and furious the fate mm-hmm. of the furious this year which seems to have kind of like the box office it's on this work. domestically is not is not working out overseas it's a monster it's yeah. already made 900 million dollars it's going to crack gonna a billion, a billion. This and week it, it, has it yet made more money in china than here domestic oh, yeah. already oh yeah yeah yeah, there yeah. you go. But you know what's happened is that so at the same time that we've been pushing the window earlier, the late part of the window has been closing. So mm. if you look like August is a wasteland yeah. for th- this year, there is nothing coming out in August. And this has been true, I would say, for the last 10 years or so. You've seen fewer and fewer movies pushed into August. And I don't know exactly why that is. I think it's just performance. They've seen that you put a movie into August. It may also have something to do with the uh, home video market window, too. Mm-hmm. That you, If you come out in August, then your home video window you can't is probably at a bad right. You right. can't make the Christmas window. Uh, I think that's a very good point. I mean, I, I am there is, there is one August movie that I'm both looking forward to and dreading. We can discuss that in a minute. Uh, but, yeah, I, they, I would say, interestingly... They have uh, tried to space movies out a little bit more this this year. I feel like, right? I feel like we're last summer or last summer and the summer before that. It was just every weekend there was a hundred million dollar movie coming out with an enormous ad blitz, and then you were seeing you know sixty seven percent drops at the box office every weekend from the from the the movie that was number one the week before. And I feel like we're a little bit more spaced out this year. I can't tell if it's just because there are simply fewer movies that I'm interested in seeing, Mm. or if there are just fewer movies coming out. In general, no, I, th- I think it's true. There are fewer big tentpole movies being stacked on top of each other right now. Uh, it's. I, I wonder what this is. I wonder if some of this is maybe a Jurassic World effect. I mean, so Jurassic World came out of nowhere last summer. I yeah. think mm-hmm. nobody, including Universal, expected that movie no. to do what it did. No. And I wonder if it shocked the system a little bit and people got a little bit more cautious about where they want to place bets. Because the movies that came out after Jurassic World, like the four weeks after Jurassic World, just got steamrolled. Um, anyway, and I think this is more sensible. This is the way it used to be. I mean, right. summers didn't right. used to be 13 consecutive $100 million budget movies rolled out one after another. Mm-hmm. You used to give them a little space right. to breathe. Right. Maybe and- try to counter-program the way My Best Friend's Wedding did against Batman. Yeah. You know, yeah, if you think about 1976, the first summer movie, right? That was Jaws. Jaws. I'd be really curious, like, what else was our at that time? I'm sure <laughs> it's not like what it is now, but it sort of set that standard. Um, Jaws is the first summer blockbuster. The, yeah, the idea right. the summer blockbuster mm-hmm. didn't mm-hmm. exist before Jaws because nothing opened wide like that. Right. So it used to be you'd open up on 200 screens and you just sort of slowly expand out over That's the right. course of months. Movies I'd, would play for the better part of a year. That's crazy. Uh, and also the assumption that people are going to do have better things to do in the summer and they're not going to go into theater. And uh, isn't the story that it was air conditioning that changed all that? Huge part of it, yeah. yeah air conditioning yeah, yeah. made summer movies yeah. a different property, to, to totally changed the economics of summer movies. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, what sort of movies were you thinking about are the most anticipated for you? I mean, obviously, there are big expectations for certain movies here. Sure. But, uh, Sonny... Uh, My understanding is that we're going break to it down rank... For us. 
rank yes. the movies that we're most uh, excited for, right, JBL? Yes. Now, JBL, I have a question. Rank it. Would you would you want to do all three at the same time, or should we go around the room and say, uh, JBL, what is your third favorite? And then me, and then and then Vic. Uh, and then second favorite, or just all at once. I like just... people being able to build up ahead of steam. Okay. So give me, give me your okay. three. We each get to take turns here at the wheel. Okay. Okay. Great. So my three most anticipated movies. Uh, uh, number three, uh, Wonder Woman. I am actually very excited to see uh, what they do with the the Wonder Woman property. Uh, this is a a character who I think is kind of trash, but uh, in the in the yeah, that's right. You can we can we can fight about that in a minute. Wow. Wonder Woman is. A, I'm gonna tell Double X. Wonder Woman is a boring character, and uh, people only like her for reasons of gender. Uh, the the uh, but the the interesting thing about this is that it is. Uh, uh, again, kind of under the auspices of the DC Cinematic Universe, which is, I think, by all reasonable uh, uh, understandings of how that's working out, not working out terribly well. Um, so you have you have kind of a chance to reset things and do an actual proper origin story where you're just dealing with one character and uh, you know how she kind of fits into the universe. I think it's I think it's really uh, I think it's really a I mean it's not often that I look forward to an origin story movie but this is one where I'm like yes this is I need to I need to see this I need to see how Chris Pine is as the comedic relief uh, I need to see you know how how they manage to uh, to loop it into the rest of the universe I, I just I'm excited for it um, uh, my number uh, uh, two most anticipated movie uh, uh, it's kind of it's actually a tie. Uh, I have uh, uh, Valerian and the City of One Thousand, uh, City of a Thousand Planets, which is the new film from Luc Besson, which is uh, uh, who, of course, made The Fifth Element and and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, but it is this like it is a totally insane looking space action adventure sci fi type movie that will either make seven dollars or seven trillion dollars. I don't know which. Tell me about it. What do we know? Probably because so, I know nothing about this movie. So uh, it, it is. It's it's about a uh, this guy who is played by Dale DeHaan. He's got a he's a, a tracker. Or Frankly, I don't know actually know anything about it either. I know nothing about this movie except for the fact that it's directed by Luke Besson. It's got amazing uh, visuals. The trailer, which we can put in show notes, is just outstanding. It's really, it's pretty, it's pretty wonderful. But it is a one hundred eighty million dollar movie from a French director with no stars. Uh, that uh, I I cannot for the life of me figure out how it got greenlit. <laughs> Sign me up. <laughs> I mean, I like, I just I just honors, uh, honestly I don't I don't understand it. Uh, and also uh, uh, coming out the same exact weekend. Dunkirk, uh, yeah. Dunkirk, and Valerian, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. and the City of One Thousand Planets. It's uh, you know I, I I have to think that the Christopher Nolan movie is going to swamp uh, the Luke Besson movie, but you know you never know. Uh, Dunkirk, of course, is the story of the evacuation of Dunkirk. Um, uh, the tragedy of World War Two. Well, as Vic would it. as Vic would say, the tragedy you know, the of really, Dunkirk. The saddest. They could have sued for peace. One of the saddest the moments of the of the twentieth century when the the Nazis weren't able to roll through. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Um, Just terrible. Uh, but it's it's it's. I mean, look, it's a Christopher Nolan movie that comes out in July, so it's going to be a big event. I'm obviously very excited for it. And the movie I am most looking forward to, and also kind of dreading. We can get to that later. The Dark Tower. Mm. Wrapping up mm-hmm. the August, uh, wrapping up the movie season in August comes out August fourth. 
this has all the makings of uh, a hubristic Hollywood debacle. Uh, the The Dark Tower, of course, is based on the uh, series of books by Stephen King. Uh, Idris Elba plays the gunslinger Roland Deschain. He's a uh, um, Isn't he too old by thirty years? He's no, he's he's not too old really, uh, because when when the Dark Tower starts, when we start reading it, he's kind of old already. He's in his fifties. Okay. Uh, there's there are there are stories that are set when he's younger. He would be obviously too too old for those. But like where he is right now, he's kind of old and wizened, and you know he's he's trying to. Anyway, it is a it is a it, it, there, there's a there and the theory on this is that they're going to make TV series to go along with movies, and it's just I would say there's there's an eighty percent chance that this crashes and burns horribly and uh matthew mcconaughey as the dark man doesn't work out and you know it, it could be it could be really really bad but it could also be amazing i'm this is why I, it's my most anticipated well, film of and the it year it is open field running if it's good because as i said there is right. nothing opening in august dark tower opens first weekend of mm -hmm. august i yes. believe and so if it hits and if it works it it'll be the number one yep. movie in america for a solid month yep. do you think uh, first of all uh, who is there anybody of note directing the dark tower uh, I, I nobody. Of I can't. I it's can't remember. Ron Howard, isn't it? No, I will have no. It was not. Talks. It was not Ron Howard. Ron yeah. Howard was in talks to do the Dark Tower mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. books, and that that kind of fell apart. It's it's somebody who I, I cannot remember. And uh, the Ricolage Arcel, exactly. Mm. And uh, they're able to distill this down to under three hours. Well, so the the series is about seven. Is like seven yeah. books, and then there's right. an, an eighth book that came out a couple years back. Uh, but no, I mean they're going to they're going to. If Again, it does the, well. the idea is that this is supposed to be a franchise, Got and it. this is supposed to be like the first entry in that. Mm -hmm. And frankly, I don't even know how they conclude this movie in any sort of way that would right. like allow it to just work as a standalone mm -hmm. film. Mm -hmm. I th again, this is like real Hollywood hubris. Like, I think there's this is a we'll do a, content across different platforms, yeah, and exactly. mediums. Yeah. I mean, it just there's a, there's a not insignificant chance it fails horribly. <laughs> is there a component that's a standalone web only series? I'm sure. No, I'm sure. I'm sure there's. <laughs> going to be web comics can we get some web comics mm -hmm. on this because that'll that'll be great and also uh, i mean i wonder if it deters anybody so why i didn't read the book i don't know if i should see this movie well and so so this is one of the one right, of the weirder, i don't read as you right, know right <laughs> well this is one of the weirder things about the dark tower books they're they're stephen king's kind of like crowning magnum opus he's been working on these for basically his whole professional life yeah. and uh uh Despite that fact, you know, so he he has a story about he will go to book readings and he'll say, who's read The Stand? And, you know, 99% of the audience raises their hand and he'll say, okay, who's read it? And it's like, 80, you know, 90% of the audience raises their hand. He says, okay, now who has read the Dark Tower books? Any of them. Who's read any of the Dark Tower books? And like a quarter of the audience wow. will raise their hands. So this is not this is not a book that has like a lot of, you know, high awareness going into it it's not this is not a spider-man this is not a batman this is a this is very much a like a book that appeals to a niche audience mm -hmm. and they're trying to make it into a just enormous event sort of thing all power to them i hope it succeeds i hope it's great we'll mm -hmm. see uh, I think you and I have only one overlap, so I'll get to that, and then and then we'll, go, and then we'll see JVL. Move, I'll move quickly. Best for last. No, I'll save you for the best for last. Okay. Um, uh, I'm interested in Atomic Blonde. 
Of course. July 28th. Yes, and that is uh, East Germany before the fall of the wall. Uh, My other favorite pre-fall of the wall movie, of course, is The Lives of Others, Das Leben der Anderen, and that's not an action movie, but it's great suspense. Uh, It's like the conversation taking place in East Germany. Uh, But this looks great, and again, we talked about the trailer before. Lots of action. I hope it works. Uh, The second movie, uh, a little bit of sci-fi, Alien Covenant. Um, I think I might have only missed one of the Alien movies, the the most recent one. Oh yeah, well, per, yeah, Prometheus, and that, I guess that's kind of important. I've seen parts of it, so uh, but I've seen the early stuff, and of course, this sort of wraps everything up. These, these are all sort of prequels because this takes place before the first Alien yes. uh, does, and this sort of lead, the, the lead up to it. But of course, it's still way into the future. Um, I kind of tell you know what 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 kind of sold me was Danny McBride. In the trailer, I like. I have a soft spot for mm. him, even in all his awfulness. Sometimes I, you know, and his crassness. I love it. I hope he doesn't die. Um, I'm gonna guess. Yeah, he's gonna die. His odds of surviving. He's gonna. He's, gonna die. he's not gonna be the last person like Sigourney. Uh, no, it's yeah, not gonna be him. He's and, not. He's not gonna live. No, I There's, think only two people are gonna live in this. Usually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and it's, it's, is... it's gonna be a girl. Right, one of the women, Numi Rapace and Michael Fassbender, will and survive. Michael Fassbender, because yes. robots never die per se, uh, and uh, he is David Walter slash Walter. So, um, I think that's great. And the original, do you remember the original Alien? The android or cyborg was played by Ian uh, Ian, Ian Holm. Ian Holm yeah. Oh, oh, that's right. So yeah, boy, that's good. Yeah, he, he's fantastic. Okay, so that's my second is Alien Covenant, um, and see how that works out. You're gonna take everybody. you're gonna take the kids to see that, right? I might, yeah, yes, gonna, yes. Know, so I always tell my son, remember raising them in the maddest tradition. Yes, before I before you know he, you know, and I'm wrestling and I'm gonna tickle him. I said, remember, no one can hear you scream in space. I said, in space, no one can hear you scream. So no one's coming to your help. Um, <laughs> don't hide your eyes. Look at the <laughs> screen. Look eyes. at it. And number number one is Dunkirk. Dunkirk. So uh, again, um, obviously, there's a great trick in trying to be successful with a movie that everybody knows uh, how it ends. And the other thing is. I have reservations, obviously, about Harry Styles. Um, I've never seen his work. I guess he did Saturday Night Live recently, but who knows? This could be his Titanic. You never know. In, in a certain sense, uh, it's uh, nothing's going to ever do yeah. what Titan. And at the at the very but, least, I mean, Harry Styles is a very small part of this. You also have Tom but, Hardy, yeah, and you've yeah. got you know you, the Nolan like, cast, right? I mean, you've you've got you've got a lot of like real grade A talents. Cillian Murphy, him, so yeah, Killian. Oh, there's Killian. another one for you. Killian. Killian Murphy. And it's a great story about all the boats that went over to rescue these guys. Yeah. So the Expeditionary Force. And that has not been covered. No. And turning a tragedy into a sort of optimistic story. Well, I think Christopher Nolan can do that. JVL. So it's bad to have us all agreeing, but I'll just do it. Dunkirk is the movie I'm most looking forward to. Right. I am nervous about it, however, because it's a historical piece. It doesn't involve America it's it's big budget in July. If this doesn't work, I wor- I just I'm constantly worried about Chris McQuarrie's Chris McQuarrie uh, Christopher Nolan's career mm-hmm. because if this does well, then he'll continue to be given carte blanche, and if it does not, then maybe he doesn't. I mean, Interstellar did not make all the money, you know. It's, right. And so I really hope that this this movie connects. Um, I, you know, it's interesting that you say that, and it, I do think it is something worth worrying about. Uh, but would it be the worst thing in the world if he's forced to make, say, a Justice League movie? <laughs> 
<laughs> I reject her false choice. I would love a Christopher Nolan Justice League movie, but I also want him to be able to make whatever he wants. Right. I want to live no, in a world where Christopher Nolan is allowed to make big budget movies on whatever original premise yep. he decides no, to that year. And he does seem to be he does seem to be kind of in that Stanley Kubrick niche with the Warner Brothers folks where they they're like very happy to. I mean, remember the story uh, surrounding Interstellar was that this was originally a Steven Spielberg movie and it was attached to I think Universal uh, and uh, or someplace whatever it and one of the studios actually traded the rights to the Friday the 13th uh, series so they could get a piece of this standalone original movie because they wanted to be in business with Christopher Nolan that much that's awesome I mean wow. like everybody everybody really wants to yeah. to to let yeah. him do his thing because he's pleasant to be around he comes in under budget he comes in quickly he like he's not a he's not a train wreck or a even if his movies don't make all the money in the world they provide a certain level of prestige and he's not a real pain in the ass and I don't know about you guys but I am pumped to see this movie in 3d because the the way the planes will come out of the screen. Yeah. And, yeah, no. 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 <laughs> He's not in 3D because he doesn't do that. And this is one more reason why I am desperate to have this movie do well. Yeah. Because anything which takes a shot at the economics of 3D, where they just yep. slap 3D on everything so they can charge a 20% mm -hmm. premium on tickets. Yeah, mm -hmm. Okay. So Dunkirk, yes. But we will see it in IMAX. I will happily pay the 20% premium sure. to see it in the like NASA as long as I don't have to put anything on my as long as I don't have to put anything on my head. I'm at a it's place. a burden. Yeah, I don't know about you guys. Me. Well, I do, would do pay they extra to not have it in 3D. So if they made 3D the standard, <laughs> but then you could pay they could yeah, upcharge yes. you to see it in flat 2D yeah, yeah. Yeah. even on a smaller screen, I would pay that upcharge. Yes. yes. Yeah, fact. Yes. Zero. Yes. I I was just going to ask Vic, do you th JBL, do you think that they make uh, uh, 3D glasses that are big enough for Vic's hat. I well, you guys wear glasses. So having to put the 3D oh, over the glasses it seems that like is the worst. worst. What, yeah. I, what I do is I just bring my X-wing blast shield helmet, <laughs> and I find that fits comfortably. Yeah, that's actually a good. That would actually be a good nerd product to yeah. sell. You know, for these dumb Star Wars 3D movies. You know, you could have Ray-Ban produce yeah. like the, the blast shield. The blast shield. That'd be great. Uh, you could charge so much money for you this. Could, you could, you could, you could, you <laughs> could, Geek could sell this for six hundred dollars yeah, a pop, and they'd be easily, gone tomorrow. Easily. Yeah. I mean, it would, it would just BYO glasses to the. Oh, yeah. Yeah. that's the problem. I mean, the problem with this, and this is getting in the weeds. We don't have to, but like all of the different three D styles have like different formats. One glass doesn't work for all of them. They all have like different shuttering. Yeah, it's, really, it's a real pain. It's a wow. Real pain. I didn't know that. That's wow. terrible. So JVL, what okay. else? Do you got? So the other the other two movies I'm I'm legit excited for are the Mummy coming out June 9th. Really, it is written story by Chris McQuarrie. Is it actually written by Christopher McQuarrie? Or is it just a he's, story? He's, there, there are two. He gets there are two people with writing credits. He's okay. he's one of them. Uh, it has directed by Alex Kurtzman. is sort of a journeyman director. He's mostly done TV, but it's Tom Cruise. It's Russell Crowe. Sign me up. Uh -huh. So I uh, I had been under the mistaken I think impression that this movie was going to be set in like the 1940s or 1930s or something and I based this entirely I'm thinking of the last the Brendan Fraser mummy well right, right. So yes. I, I was thinking of that but also like I I just saw the still of Russell Crowe and his like oh. professor get mm -hmm. up and I was like oh okay so it's a period piece and then I see the first trailer and guys are running around with yes. like uh, no. M4s and you know I no, was like it, wait wait hold on this it, is not a period movie it's just movie. Russell Crowe looking dressing like it's, a dandy yeah he's just and he plays he, he plays. Uh, I don't know. He's Russell Crowe. Mm -hmm. Does it, well, there. this is the start of the the monster cinematic oh, universe, man. right? This oh. is he plays. No, I don't think that's true. Oh. Is the Mummy part of the monster cinema? 
and he plays mind blown. He plays he plays uh Doctor uh what's the the Mr. Strain, Mr. Hyde, Dr. Mr. Dr. Jekyll? Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, thank you. Uh, I'm pretty sure he plays Dr. Jekyll. Who does Russell Crowe? Russell Crowe does. Okay, so I'm sorry. Um, so you what? don't I mean think... the monster cinematic universe, which is Gojira and no, no, the, the Mothra. No, you no, mean no, no, no. The, the, yeah, the, the like, classic where we're like, universal. Dracula, right, right, right. Like the League of Extraordinary monster. Gentlemen yeah, 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 style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Alan Quatermain, No, no, this is not part of the Godzilla universe. No. Okay. Oh, now you're very disappointed. No, no, it still looks awesome. Mm. Um, and the one I am most excited for coming May 12, King Arthur. Oh, my. Directed by Guy Ritchie. I really like Guy Ritchie because he's always interesting, even when it doesn't work. Uh, the I, I liked Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Barrels. I think that actually had a pretty big influence on film. Really liked Snatch. I think Snatch is a pretty awesome movie. The first Sherlock Holmes is one of my favorite action movies of recent years, even though the sequel stinks. And even The Man from U.N.C.L.E., which doesn't work, and it doesn't work because Henry Cavill is terrible. Henry Cavill is a terrible, terrible actor. Uh, Who's worse, Henry Cavill or Brendan Routh? <laughs> it's close. Man, Henry Cavill. No, I mean, Brendan Routh is worse, but Henry Cavill is... So in, all through that movie, he is playing a guy who is supposed to be the most charming person in the world but he's yeah. not charming. Okay. Like he's just, it's a horrible. Just not, yeah, just, uh, it, but anyway, even though it's a failure, it's an interesting failure. And I think that I'm, I'm just totally into it. Guy Ritchie, period action. Let's go. Sonny, you look very upset. Uh, I didn't realize that, uh, uh, yeah, JVL was going to be so into Chav King Arthur. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize that we were going to have to, I, the problem with Guy Ritchie is that he Out. hasn't made a good movie since Snatch. He has not made not a good true. movie. None of Sherlock the movie. Holmes is fantastic. Not good. Sherlock Holmes sequel, not good. Man from Uncle, not good. Uh, Sherlock Holmes is fantastic. Uh, I, I don't disagree. Look, uh, when he when he works, he works. And when he doesn't work, it doesn't work, but it's still interesting. Can I ask a question? And also you Charlie this, Hunnam. You, we, you, you, you're, you're really jumping over the real problem with this movie, which is that Charlie Hunnam, who is the lead from Sons of Anarchy, who works in that role as kind of a douchey idiot, uh, is expected to be King Arthur. Okay, is that a problem? Yeah, it, w yes. If you think if you think Henry Cavill is bad, how Jude can you, Law how can playing you get, uh, evil. Yeah, Jude Love Law. Jude Law of course, playing evil. Of course, Jude Law awesome. playing evil is good. That's fine. Like, I'm not complaining about Jude Law's casting. I'm counting. I, I'm complaining about Chav King Arthur. Okay. Fine. So listen, here's here's my question. You okay. used this term on a previous show, mm. historical Chav, and I yeah. don't actually understand what it means. It just means uh, it just means gutter British person. A chav is a is like a, a, a I, I I'm not sure what exactly the American equivalent is, kind of like um, it's not a bro exactly. I want to say is it's historical like, it's like, chav itself a term because I went and Googled it uh -huh. after like our yeah. show, thinking, "Wow, Sonny is so much smarter than me," uh -huh. and it like nothing popped up. There no, was I'm no not, like no results said no, historical no, chav. Sometimes I think he makes it up. I'm JVL. Not, I'm not, I'm, no, I'm not. I'm not smarter than you. I'm just cleverer than you. I can come up no, with phrases like this off right, the top but, of my but head. But the point is, you came up with it. This is not an urban dictionary, urban slang term I don't of know, art that we all somebody, supposed somebody to know. has probably used it somewhere it's, before. It's, it's really unfortunate that the only person who could make a decision over the the uh, the truth about historical Chav is Michael Caine, and he's already back on the uh, yeah, Concord. That's too bad. He's flying he's back already. Do you notice he was very specific? Oh yeah, his voice was very yeah, no, specific. No. He's a class act. Okay, Sorry. did you have uh, movies that you want to discuss uh, that you, that you do not want to look for? That you oh, do yeah. not. Okay, you want to I get have, to that? I have least, least anticipated. anticipated. Least have anticipated. Least anticipated. Well, let's talk least anticipated. Can I go anticipated. first? JVL. Uh, number one. You know, 
Okay, so my least number three on this list, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two. I the first one for me has not aged all that well. It's mm-hmm. I get it, people love it. It's sort of rollicking good time. Uh, there is nothing about that film though that is really drawing me to go and spend more time in that universe. And I have to say, it looks like this is in a classic sequel sense, just everything from the first movie turned up to eleven. And I don't know that I need that. Um, number two, that said, I will go see Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. I just am not especially excited about it. Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead oh. Men Tell No hmm. Tales, coming up May 26th. I I can't tell you how much I don't want to see this movie. I would pay not to have to sit through this movie. Do we have to take this ride again? I cannot think of a franchise where the first one was so deservedly beloved mm-hmm. and then everything from number two on was such mm-hmm. utter trash right yeah so i uh i can't believe i'm really i mean because the first one is a lovely charming movie yep. that breaks a bunch of genres and you're not really even fun. uh curious about salazar the javier bardem villain <sighs> no you don't i so i i would Pass. say so i would say that i am with you on the pirates of the caribbean series writ large I uh I the first one was like surprisingly great. I remember like going to see it ironically. Yes. Like yes. I went yes. like no expectations. Cuz that came out in what like 2003 or something like that. Something like that. So anyway, I was like back home with friends from college and we were I was like, "Oh, we got nothing else to do, you know, wanking motion. Let's go uh, see Pirates of okay. the Caribbean." You don't need to tell us that. Uh, you know, so, you know, we'll 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 have a few drinks and go see it and it'll be hilarious. Uh, but it was actually really good and entertaining and I uh, I literally have not seen. I saw the second one on Blu-ray. I have not seen any of the others because the second one was so bad, and everybody, you know, says so many awful things about the third and the fourth. I have to say, I am a little bit interested in in the Javier Bardem villain. He's a good villain. He's plays. You know, he was in the James Bond movie. He was a good villain in that. He was in No Country for Old Men. He was a good villain in that. He's Is like, he going to tell Legolas to call it? He's going to flip a flip a pirate doubloon. Great, call it. good, call it. Good, but it, but I. What's I, the most you've ever lost? The flip of a doubloon. Wow! Now how are your Bredems? Wow! What's happening this here? Has this has is an all star. All star. Oh man! And the, the lining up. The third movie, the one I am least is Cars Three, June sixteen. Mm-hmm. I can, I cannot tell you how disappointed I am in John Lasseter that they are even making this movie. The first Cars is such utter garbage. It's no, the first I time disagree. you see weakness in Pixar. I think Cars is And the there is nothing in that movie that has any charm at all. Celebration of America. Oh, my God. The Road's Less Taken, 66. It's, Red America. It's just they Doc love it. Hollywood. It's Doc Hollywood. Paul Whitman. Oh, but Doc Hollywood is it the Michael J. Fox movie? Yes, it <laughs> yes. is Doc yes, it Hollywood. Is. Yes, it is. Literally, it is, Literally, it is Doc Hollywood. And you know Hollywood. what? I got news for you. I like Doc Hollywood, too, so there you go. And you know it's bad when it's an Owen Wilson movie and I can't sit through it because I'll watch Owen Wilson do anything. I'm assuming that Cars 3 is the midlife crisis episode for the car. Is that what happens? I don't know. You know? But I, Wasn't that the second one? He falls no. in love with the Miata. No, the second one is uh, in Europe with the, Michael Caine. The second one is uh, is like an action spy action yes, adventure, yes, which somebody yes. wrote something, I'm forgetting who this was, about how you can read Cars 2 as a dystopian future fantasy because you have like bathrooms, but there's no, like why there why would there be bathrooms? Cars don't excrete. Uh, you know, you will live in a world which clearly was once populated by people, but then the cars became self-aware and <laughs> killed all the humans. Yeah, no, yeah. exactly, exactly right. Okay, Vic, so, you go. Oh, okay, I'll go. Um, number three, uh, War for Planet of the Apes. I just, you know, it's exhausting. 
it's a terrible ending for humans. You know how it ends for the humans. I've seen this before. I saw Battle for Planet of the Apes, which is the, uh, have you not the original. Liked, have you not liked the other entries in the Apes reboot series? I think I saw the first one possibly with Jonathan V. Last at the Uptown. Is that possible? Because you know what? No. We oh, saw really? the Marky Mark. Yeah, that's, oh, what I mean. oh, that's what I'm talking it. about. That's what I'm talking but about. But that's not different. That's different. Different, different yeah, continuity. Different. This is the oh, well-regarded right. the, Planet yeah. of the Apes that's directed right. by that's Mark right. Hemingway's that's buddy. Right. Yes. And yes. people love it. Matt people Reed. say it's great. <laughs> Uh, whoever the guy is who directed the first it was, one, yeah, that's right. It was with the Hemingway. That's right. Did really well, as a matter of fact. Uh, it was okay, and uh, um, but the Helena yeah, Bottom right. Carter. No, that's right. And do you remember? Everybody wanted to know who who's the scene stealer in the Mark Wahlberg uh, Planet of the Apes because everybody here was like, "This guy's so funny." What famous actors he? And they didn't know who he was at that. T- most people did not know, and it was Paul Giamatti. Paul Giamatti. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. He plays the orangutan. Yeah, and he was total <laughs> well cast, total seed stealer. And of course, Charlton Heston, I think, had the cameo. Yeah, he was a uh, he was damn dirty a, humans, yeah, yeah. is what he says. Okay, so you don't like the Woody Harrelson voiceover in the trailer? So I'm not going to see this movie, but. There is part of me that in a world where I could see yeah. all the movies, yeah, I'd go see this. Uh, there's part of me that just kind of makes me depressed. It always depressed me about you know the fate of the humans in this thing, mm. and sort of. And it's it's part of the sort of weird time loop thing, right? It's are we still in a time loop? Vic is this Mattis. happening at all or no? Vic Mattis, optimist. Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> okay, number no, two. Wait, um, so no, yeah. this 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 series starts when James Franco. Uh, like makes an ape and super intelligent, yes, and then yes. they uh, give a disease to the rest of the human. James uh, Franco was responsible for the end for the, of humanity. Well, that doesn't surprise make sense. me. Yeah, it does make sense. After, uh, it was all downhill after Spring Breakers uh, for him. I, you know, I have a I have a Marvel bias. I'd probably be more inclined to see Guardians of the Galaxy than Wonder Woman. Uh, so I'm not looking forward to. I don't know if I'm going to see. It. I like Gail Gadot, but uh, Gal Gal Gadot, but I. Just don't have it in me to see that. How dare you? Sorry. Uh, if you go, by the way, uh, do you remember? Um, I watched the original uh, Wonder Woman on TV, which is extremely. Linda Carter. Yes. Do you remember there were two versions of it? Yes. There was the World War Two yes. version. I like that and one. The modern version, and yes. in both ones, she kept getting knocked unconscious with a rag <laughs> soaked with ether over her mouth uh, all yeah, the time. Yes. The, the, the entire Linda Carter over. Mm-hmm. Now, I well, you and I watched it as kids. Yes. I now realize it's pure fetish. It's pure, <laughs> I'm drunk. Pure fetish. I wanted to tie me up in the lasso, you know. And uh, the funny thing is, the can't. I don't know why they did that. And the, and the same supporting cast, I think, was in both uh, versions. Was it? Uh, Lyle, I never. Lyle Wagner, Lyle Wagner, who was a, uh, a a comedy actor on the Carol Burnett show, he played in both versions of that. And then, of course, there was Wonder Girl, her sidekick for a few episodes, played yes. by. Do you remember who played her? No, who who is it? Deborah Winger. Yes, that's right. Yeah, Deborah Winger. Yes. Uh, so, not looking for it. Okay, number one, Transformers: The Last Night. Tough but fair. I. Just you know, I think it's a I, maybe it's an interesting story, but I find it just a an assault on the senses visually. It's just too much for me. I feel like I'm going to get a, a seizure, you know, watching this, and uh, and I just never. I saw the first one, and then I sort of felt like I got the just every time there's going to be a part where Shia LaBeouf or somebody yells out Optimus, right? That, that always happens in the trailers. I have to say, I really, really liked the trailer 
for this movie. <laughs> no, it's I pretty, thought, it's I pretty good, the trailers, actually. The, and, and the trailers for all of these movies have been deceptively good because it's mm. filled with the kind of Michael Bay action spinning 360 shots. Mm-hmm. And they're, they are actually, it's, it's the, he's, Michael Bay, who I like and I think is. The a, auteur of. The auteur of awesome. Uh, and he's 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 a fantastic filmmaker, but he's the only he's the only director I know of who can put together uh, a trailer that has fewer cuts than any average action scene in his movies. <laughs> yes, you know, no. I mean, like I I watch the I watch the trailer and I'm like, this is so much more coherent than everything I see on the screen in the theater, and it makes me kind of sad. I wish he just now. I will say that I will say that the. He is one of the few directors who has actually benefited from the imposition of 3D because 3D forces him to do fewer whip pans, fewer uh, like kind of shaky cam action things, fewer cuts. 3D only really works when he's moving steadily and kind of around. So it's it, he's he's one of these he's a very weird case where he has actually improved a bit by having the constraint of 3D imposed upon him. Those movies, and, he, and this is something he's learned as he's gone along because it, it, you, you, it, the second one, which was in 3D, I'm pretty sure, was like almost totally incoherent. But the the most recent one before this this new one, the first one with Mark Wahlberg, is actually like it is it, it is not a calm film, but it is not frenetic in the way that his his movies often are. I find myself exhausted by a lot of his work. Even I mean, I saw Armageddon. Totally I just feel reasonable. Exhausted. Yeah. Feel exhausted. Dinobots. <laughs> okay, and this is coming from somebody who owned Transformers. Did you have Transformers? What was JVL? Victory now? Yes. What was your favorite Transformer? My favorite Transformer is one I did not own, and it was Shockwave, the purple robot that turned into the laser gun. You had it. No, 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 no that was no. okay. That was, oh, I was that sound Soundwave. Soundwave is the cassette Shock, player. The cassette player, yes. which was my favorite, because you had a little you mini could, Transformer and you micro stick tape them in, in there. The, yeah. I used to walk around. I was like six years old. And be like, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna trick people into thinking I have a real cassette player. <laughs> but it was even better, JBL. You had a cassette player that turned into a robot that had a very cool voice on the cartoon. Yes, the Shockwave was the so what all of Transformers is really an allegory. The Decepticons are an allegory for the Soviets, That's with yes. Starscream yeah. as Trotsky mm-hmm. and uh, Megatron. Megatron as Stalin. Stalin. But Shockwave is so who is Shockwave? Then? I don't know. Shockwave who comes in yeah. on top of Megatron right, when he right, senses right, that right, Megatron right, is right. weak. Well, he's not really Beria, so uh, I'm not sure if it's uh, it wouldn't be Khrushchev. It could have been Khrushchev who succeeded, you know, eventually Stalin. But uh, and in fact, uh, Shockwave destroys Megatron, or somebody told me once in a comic book that I Something never read. Like that. that I never read. Okay, Sonny, your turn. Uh, my least anticipated films of the year. Hold on, let me pull up my notes. Uh, uh, number one, an inconvenient sequel. The uh, the <laughs> documentary coming <laughs> after an inconvenient that. truth. I'm I saw the, it. I saw the coming attraction I, before the Michael yeah, Caine exactly. movie, and it was very upsetting. Look, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna throw a little red meat out there. <laughs> Stupid climate change documentary boo uh that's what they get for scheduling it uh, july 28th by the way that's you know if you're gonna you're gonna make that movie put it out in november all right i won't make fun of it then uh number two least anticipated film spider-man homecoming that i was wondering if anyone was gonna not not looking forward to it I, I, you know, I, I, I I hate to be an old person but the sam raimi spider-man films were pretty much the height of what you can do like with that, that character, and now it's just another cog in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I have a question, Sonny. Um, do is this reboot the third, re- the second reboot now? This is the second reboot, right, after and the Andrew third, Garfield, third. This is the third new Spider-Man in I. Well, let's see, it's fifteen years or something like that. Fifteen years, yeah. yeah. So, um, 
is this going to be another Origins because we have to start from the beginning yet again? I don't How does think he get so. his powers? I forget. <laughs> but thank goodness they'll make a movie about it and explain no, I mean, it. I, what, what can he do? It's the same thing I mean, with Superman. God, okay, it's so, just the, wor- yes. the worst. Uh, All right. So anyway, you know there's I'm, an upside. If this movie bombs, every dollar this movie doesn't make inches Marvel closer to total control over the character. Ooh. Yes, that's true. So think about it that way. There is an upside. But to then Spider-Man we're just, then we're just going to have another. We're just going to have another. I mean, I like. I don't need any more Spider-Man movies. I growing up, Spider-Man was my favorite comic book hero. I, you know, I, my good, first good comic, for you. My first comic books were Spider-Man comic books mm-hmm. in 1986 or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I just, I'm so tired of the movies. I just, I don't even know what I'm. I, I don't even know myself anymore. Uh, and the movie I'm. I'm uh, kind of least anticipated, as I mentioned before, The Dark Tower, because I'm afraid it's going to be, it's just going to be a disaster. It's going to be a, it, I'm really nervous about that movie. And it could be the death of, the, we we didn't discuss this, but it could be the death of the McConaughey-sans. 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 Wow. What if he's great in it, but the movie fails? <sighs> I mean, How do you score it? Well, I, I, well, it would be bad for him because he was also in that movie Gold that came out recently. He was the star of, do you remember this movie Gold? Yeah, wide release, got a lot of, got tons of advertising. Nobody saw it. Nobody even knew it existed. Um, so he's had kind of a not great run here since the end of True Detective, basically. And it's not, it's not great for him because he's great. Matthew McConaughey, all right, all right, all right. Those oh. Lincoln hands. Yes. All right. Uh, and can we just do, uh, are yeah. we going to do what else? guesses at, what What do you think is going to be the best movie, the highest grossing film at the box office? So yeah. I don't know that, but I can tell you what I think is going to be the biggest surprise in terms of gross. I think it's going to be Baywatch. Baywatch comes yes. out head to head against Pirates <laughs> of the Caribbean on May 25th. Um, the Pirates of the Caribbean is a franchise that is way past its prime. Baywatch is something that has a built-in audience and a built-in interest in the national psyche in ways which you can't even imagine. Uh, If the Power Rangers movie can open to $40 million on nostalgia and on only an okay movie, then imagine something with a real nostalgia value to it, which is what Baywatch has, that might even be pretty good. We have The Rock in it, who's pretty good. We have the director, Seth Gordon, whose big calling card is that he directed The King of Kong documentary, which is a pretty great documentary. If Baywatch is is a pretty good movie, it looks like it sort of spans genres. It's it's a comedy. It's action. It's Making nostalgia. fun of itself, I assume. Uh, I think this movie could could really surprise and, and even maybe even beat out Pirates of the Caribbean and wind up being something that people talk about all summer long. Uh, I think that's I think that's actually a pretty pretty good call. Uh, plus, it's, I mean, I my one concern about it would be I don't know that it will work as a date movie. Like I feel like there's probably a lot. There's going to be a lot of resistance from the ladies. But why? They have the I, rock. I mean, it's and got the Zac rock and Zac Efron. Efron. I know, I know. But still, the idea of Baywatch is like <laughs> can, can I, candy for. Can I drag the show to a halt yes. here for a minute? Please. My wife says to me the other day. So, who is Zack Snyder? <laughs> and I said. Zack Snyder, the director, she goes, yeah, no, I know. Sonny's always talking about Zack Snyder. <laughs> but I never realized that the guy from High School Musical went on to, like, direct big-budget <laughs> movies. <laughs> I that that's Zac Efron. And she goes, well, now the whole thing on your show makes more sense. <laughs> Perfect. Yes. Uh, Zac Efron. Uh, Zac Efron, who I actually did interview in person. Very nice. Very, like, yeah. very, very personable. Like, almost awkward and kind of shy, which was endearing. Interesting. In a In a very... You know, mm-hmm. kind of funny way. Was he pretty ripped up? No, he was. He was definitely. This was pre, like him being. I mean, he was like. I mean, he's 
he's a smaller guy. He's like kind of slight, but he looks pretty big in the Baywatch. Yeah, well, it shows what you can do if you do high reps, low weight, and you eat skinless chicken. Yes, that's my understanding. Hold on, let me write that's that down. That sounds like a great. I got to do that. Uh, okay. I think the biggest movie of the year is going to be Spider-Man: Homecoming. Mm-hmm. I, after, <laughs> after, after all that, yeah, after no, after true. after dragging it, and uh, because look, it's gonna. Here's the thing: it's gonna get. It's going to be 98% fresh on Rotten Tomatoes because all these dorks love Marvel movies, and it's going to, uh, uh, you know, it, it it is coming out at kind of the peak summer moment. It'll make 150 million dollars in its opening weekend because Robert Downey Jr. is in it, and he's going to be in all the ads, uh, and it'll end up grossing 300 million domestic. And I think it will probably be the only film to crack 300 million domestic in the summer. You know what? After the way Jurassic World ran away with last summer, I would not. This wouldn't be my call, but I also wouldn't be shocked if you're right. Okay. I'll say Spider-Man, but let me ask a question. Do you any of you think that at the end or somewhere, I'm going to assume it's at the end, possibly a stinger for Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, there's going to be some crossover with an Avenger? There There are five five. stingers. There are five post-credit scenes. Yeah. Okay. Because yeah. like I said, so every, probably. Yes. So, yeah, 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 it's going to be like Chris Pratt standing next to like Captain yeah. America. Uh, hey, what are you doing here? Yeah. I don't know. Well, hmm. Okay. All right. Great. Um, I think we're ready to move on Excellent. to uh, corrections, additions, clarifications. JVL, do you have anything? Yeah, I just messed up, the as I do with names. I don't watch television, and I'm terrible with names and faces. And uh, Dom Turidi, Dom Torero, Dom... It's just... Dom Toretto. Okay. I messed that Dom up. Dom Toretto. Yeah. But I, I messed it up not once or twice, but like yeah. 85 times. Half the times I mentioned the character's and like, name. In, in different ways. In, in different it was, ways. It was actually this pretty is, impressive. This is all of a piece with my inability to spell. I'm one of the world's worst spellers, and uh, it's I'm just bad at these things. I have no memory. Well, I remember, Sonny, you once uh, made a reference to the $6 billion woman, and it's $6 million, $6 million man and the bionic woman. I don't Wasn't there billion. also a $6 billion the, man? There was definitely a $6 billion man. I think man. the remake yeah. might have been Billy. What was the, I don't remember. I just I remember I Steve Austin. I didn't watch your garbage 1970s version. <laughs> I watched bad, the real Sonny. version. Too no, bad, $6 Sonny. billion dollar woman. See, too once again. Too bad. Once again, better Vic, action figures, better once again, lunchboxes. Once again, Vic tries to correct Sonny and is wrong in his correction. Mm-hmm. What was the I Katie know, you were, Sackoff? You were thinking about Lindsay Wagner. I know it. There was there was a Katie Sackoff starring. The Bionic Woman. The Bionic. They just retitled Bionic Woman. They didn't change it. Okay. Um Listener Duke Kahanamoku, uh, who gave us five stars, says uh, the group strenuously avoids mentioning Big Trouble in Little China, which is telltale sign of millennial short sightedness. I like that movie fine. I know. I, what was I, that? I, in I don't know why to? we didn't bring it up. He just thinks we're not bringing up as we need to bring it up. Bring just up like you know what's a good movie? Yes. Big Trouble in Little it China. It is the thirty-first yeah. anniversary good. of Big Trouble, nineteen eighty-six. One of the greatest movies uh, years like, in film. I feel like every week we should just mention a random John Carpenter. No, movie. No, that's not right. You know, we could just be like, they live next week. I will. <laughs> I'll good. wear my no, Obey no. T-shirt. Big Trouble in Little China is great because it involves it's it's John Carpenter and it's mm. it's martial arts meets science fiction. Yeah. And, and fantasy and magic. And, and, and Kim Cattrall. And I always wondered, wow, what was that casting like, JVL? I always wondered. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, well, Sonny, I assume you have nothing. Of course uh, I have nothing. Nichts. So we're going to go to Spirit of the Week, Spirit which is brought, week. brought to us by Sonny Bunch. Hey, uh, so I am a big dork, and I uh, recently saw in my Twitter timeline some ads for this this liquor called Singani. And it's a, a Bolivian 
uh, uh, Brandy, basically. And I was like, why is this in my feed? And I found out that Steven Soderbergh is the one who uh, is kind of behind it, he, who is who has brought it to the attention of all of us at the About page at Singani. What is Singani 63? It's the culmination of a 51-year privately funded project known as the Steven Soderbergh Adventure, the purpose of which is to identify the exceptional in all areas of human endeavor. Uh, and you know what? It's not good. The liquor itself is not very good, but one of the one of the recipes that they uh, they suggest you drink it with is a Moscow Mule. It really, as as Vic noted on the the car ride over here, it's a missed opportunity. It should be the Bolivian Mule, since it's a it's, it's, bol- a Bolivian. it's, it's Bolivian. But it you know it, it's fine. It works as a it works. It actually gives a nice little you know. That's tang. because that's because almost anything works with, uh, with ginger a mule. beer ginger and beer. lime. If yeah, you yeah, put right. Dewar's uh, whiskey into the um, uh, with the ginger beer, then it's called a Mamie Taylor. Yeah. So it's a, and I actually highly recommend that. That's a great drink. Yeah. Um, I, I, my prediction is that the spirit will be as successful as Full Frontal, yeah. the great wow. or Skisopolis. Uh Anyway, I I recommend uh, to everyone trying the Singani 63 if you can find it in your liquor stores. It's Steven Soderbergh approved, and I approve of Steven Soderbergh. So. I recommend Schufferhuffer, which is what I've been drinking all through this podcast. It's better than ever. I love it. Half 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 of Eisen, half grapefruit juice, all amazing. I'm looking at the empty bottle right now. It's really pretty impressive that it's he drank true. one whole bottle of Schufferhuffer. It's true. Sometimes I do one and a half, and then things go crazy. Yeah, that's when the, you you can tell the show goes off the rails when that happens. It's just okay. That's all the time we're going to give to this episode. Questions, comments, complaints, compliments. Tweet us at Victorina Mattis at Sunny Bunch. At JV Last. Nope. Make sure to send JV Last your regards. Yeah, because it works. Again, be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes or Google Play. Just type in Substandard at a podcast. We're there. Leave a review. Tell your friends. And don't forget, Substandard show notes will be up on Friday at 11 a.m. Until next time. So, what did you think about Michael Caine? It was great, but let's—I mean, let's all settle down here for a minute. Yeah. This is this is a very special episode we've just had. We had some turbulence off air last week. We won't get into that. We've just passed our twenty-fifth anniversary. So, I did something for you boys. No, no, I'm really scared. No, no. Oh, he's reaching He's reaching down and taking something out. I got something for you each. Oh, my gosh. Because I love you both. <laughs> I don't love you that much. Like brothers. Oh, oh, oh no. for goodness sakes. You may have to, so I forget whose size is which. Is but I Mine is the my, larger one. I went and yeah. did some investigation on your pants sizes. <laughs> Look, look, the ether. Like, you never yes, even re- you, I, when you I, woke up. You know, yeah, speaking of speaking of Wonder Woman, it's no coincidence that you brought out that she was. I have drugged. given them each a pair of Prana axioms. This, this is this is fancy stuff, JVO. They're it's like wrapped in wrapped in some lovely. sort of straw. It looks They're wrapped like in adventure. It's wrapped, it's wrapped in hemp. Uh, so who's is which? Well, I forget which one of you is which size. You'll have to swap them. Uh, out. I, Thirty-four. I got, I got I'll take it. Yeah, I got I got it. the right one. Okay, good. And I just wanted wow. to give this to you guys as a token oh, of my affection. Thank uh, you, JVL. That's really you shouldn't have done that's that. Very touching. And frankly, I think Michael Caine's a little sad he didn't get a pair too. Well, maybe next episode. 
And uh, I mean, if you like him, you can just put him on right now. I'm not gonna uh, take my pants mm, off yeah, in this, you, you, in this yep. studio. This this was oh, all a trick to get us naked. <laughs> Jesus, naked. naked. My God, Jeez, oh, honey, wow. you, uh, you look like you work out a lot. <laughs> this is now. I'm very. I feel very uncomfortable. So can I? Can I share something with you? Oh my God! Oh so my this gosh. happened How after this after this. Okay, yes. So after yes. I went and purchased these last week, yeah. when I was feeling, you know, a little a little nervous about our relationship. <laughs> Something happened to me, something magical. And I want to emphasize that this magical thing that happened to me happened after I purchased these jeans for you. I was in touch with the people from Prana. Oh, boy. And I've been named a Prana influencer, which I believe is one <laughs> step away from brand what? ambassador. So I am now an official, like I've got the card and everything, Prana influencer. Is that What does that get you? I can't say on air. Oh, but it's awesome. Oh man. Uh, so between Prana and Schufferhofer, you're the only one who's really a riding crop. They gave him a riding crop. <laughs> <laughs> Going to take that to the Wonder Woman screening. <laughs> the, the chaps. Yeah. The limited the chaps. edition chaps. The chaps. Uh, um, okay. These, these are the greatest jeans well, in the world. Thank you very much. Well, I will. I will try these. Try them in the privacy of I will, my I'm going to be honest. I'm probably not going to wear these into the studio next week. Just as a heads up, uh, that that would make me feel awkward and uncomfortable. Strong, but I will also cry. But I will. But I will wear them certainly to uh, go mountain climbing. Uh, which is a thing that <laughs> well, I next do. time you go up to the uh, Matterhorn, right, Sonny? Yes. Um, okay. Uh, and lastly, uh, special thanks to uh, special thanks to Michael Warren, who did a really fantastic job as as uh, somebody in the. Stu- I, I, want, I don't want to spoil the magic, but yeah. you know he he played a large role in today's he played a, show, and I you know it's it's really it's rare that we get mm-hmm. somebody with that no. kind of talent. He left. Uh, he left. He left a, a strong impression. Yeah. with us yeah and uh right. you know i'm sure i i just you know think about his long-suffering wife who had to listen all weekend to this yeah what, and, did, what uh, do you think she thought about all that <laughs> i'm sure melissa said 